Welcome to this week's episode of Crit Apocalypse. We're episode six now. Six? Yeah, sure, six. why not? We're on six. We're on yeah. six. We've got this. Um, episode six of Crit Apocalypse. My name's Matt. I'm here with Ant. No. Ant is from the YouTube channel Mellow Gaming and also the website Film Dump. Whilst myself, I'm from Cinemageddon. We're not yeah. really YouTube personalities or anything like that yet. Yet. One day. <laughs> One day we could be as big as Larry Bundy Jr., Guru Larry himself. Oh, okay. I, yeah. Who I think we've mentioned on every single podcast. Have we? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think I've mentioned. I think him. you've mentioned him. I haven't yeah. mentioned. You yeah. should hashtag him in. One day I could be as big as Dark Side Phil. One day, <laughs> one day very soon, I will do something. Ah, cool. All okay. right. Um, so it's your turn first this week. Oh, I'm starting. Um, Go first thing I'm going to review will be the director's cut version of Nightbreed. Which <laughs> I watched this week. And I like it. Um, I'm really annoyed because it's not released in the UK. And I want it in the UK. <laughs> and I wrote that thing on my site where I was all like, what films should be released in the UK that we need to be released here? And that's one of them. And then it's on Netflix, it's on the US Netflix. So I was really happy. And then I watched it. And it was Nightbreed. You like it? Yeah, it's got a different ending to the original it one. Does. And it's 20 minutes longer. And uh, Dr. Decker doesn't get brought back to life at the no. end. Spoilers. Um, but yeah, I'm really figuring... He's, he's not a Nightbreed in that one. No, well, he gets like in the original version, he gets like brought back to life, doesn't he? Because yeah. that's where the books go. But yeah, um, yeah, I'm really liking it. The re- restoration they've done on it looks really nice. Freaking, Some scenes, yeah, no, Some it's scenes. great. It's still, brilliant. yeah, but a lot of it was taken from yeah. recovered footage, wasn't it? This isn't the Cabal cut. This is different to the one that Mark Miller put together. This is like um, Clive Barker's own cut. Have you ever read any of the books? No, don't. No, <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> Nightbreed experiences uh, the original film when I was a kid. Yeah. And the Amiga game, which the Amiga game was really weird because it kind of, not the scrolling 2D one, it was one that was almost like a sort of interactive movie thing where you had like animated sequences playing out that you played. I didn't even know there was a Nightbreed game. There was a bunch of games. There was quite the a Nightbreed? Yeah, there was like at least two different games. I think there was one on the NES as well. Really? Yeah, there's a bunch of different games. I'm going to have to try and play Nightbreed the game. Yeah, but the um, Amiga one was weird because the first level has you running away from um, what's-his-face with the red tentacle things on his head. Like, yes, Racist man. Yeah, but you're. Um, but it was done like a. Had this really early scrolling scenery effect going on as you were running towards the camera. Do you remember the Muppet Show tonight? Muppet Show? No, what's that got to do with Nightbreed? All right, well, the the red guy in Nightbreed is, yeah. looks a lot like the purple Muppet from Muppet Show tonight that was famous. Animal or Beaker? No, it wasn't either. It was what? one specifically made up to be the host of Muppet Show tonight. Oh, yeah. <laughs> he was quite a racist caricature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not saying that this El, is what's his name? Elroy, Leroy, Elroy or something, something like that. Yeah. Leroy, Leroy Jenkins. Leroy. Um, but no, he um, he reminds me of the Red Knight breed. Yeah, that's classic. But yeah, that film though, friggin', it's still got the weird like pacing issues that it's always had. That's what I suppose it sort of happens with the, you know, grabbing an old version and cutting it together and yeah. reco- basically recovering a film from what was left over. But um, yeah, it still really works. It's like it just plays out really nicely. It's a nice spin on the monster movie. Genre like it ends with literally with townsfolk going with pitchforks burning a, the the um, hiding place of the monsters down, doesn't it? Mm. Like one of them's got a flamethrower. <laughs> it's like that's awesome. One thing that I always hated about those films was the overuse of the word Midian. Yeah, Midian's cool. It's a place. It's not, right? Yeah, but they said like forty-five times in the movie. We've got to go to Midian. Let's go to Midian. Midian. Midian's just a graveyard. Yeah, it's just like a shitty graveyard. Yeah, <laughs> those sets were cool though. I like the um. What the, do the What do the Nightbreed eat? Nightbreed, um, anything that wanders into Midian. Not people. No, no they had a law. Think, There's yeah, a law. They're, they're not allowed to people. Which is why What's-His-Face bit Cabal, as yeah. he becomes later. Boone. Yeah. He later becomes Cabal. Yeah. yeah. But that film's like, so much mythology stuff going on. And it's the idea that what monsters have been... breeds, though? Like, they're basically the monsters of myth. Like, some of them could be werewolves or just yeah. weird fancy creatures or... But, like, do they age... That. Oh no! I think they'd like turn. They've got oh, a society there, but they'd like live all underground, which is one of those brilliant eighties sets, which is just like one studio room with lots of netting. Yeah, um, I like. There's so many. The problem I have with Nightbreed is there's so many questions raised by its existence. You know, like I mean, where did they intend to go with it? Like, because they didn't. I don't think Clive Barker had like towards the end. Well, Cabal was supposed to be like a Jesus character. He's basically leading the yeah, the, the uh, monsters to, to new... be able to live above the surface. Yeah, and live a new life. You know what? If they had only the waited, monsters, really? if they only had ma- waited ten years, Blade would have told them how to do it. Sun cream, <laughs> yeah, sun cream. No, that's what we need. Not all of them are allergic to sunlight. It depends who they are. That's why they're all different mythologies. Yeah, but Kabul is. Kabul, no, Kabul is fine. It was the um, the weird woman who turns into mist. She's a vampire technically. Oh, right. 
because um, she turns into mist and yeah. goes through and her daughter like turns into that weird little shriveled thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The and like the rat thing on the side. Yeah. yeah. Alright. That, that film's a classy figure. I enjoyed the shit out of it. I, I don't mind Nightbreed. I, yeah. uh, you know, I encourage anyone to watch it. It's made that really cool little point in the 90s where like, special shit. effects looked really cool. Practical effects were like at their peak. And it was before digital effects came in and just ruined all that shit. And you could make almost anything on a pretty low budget. That film was made for $11 million. That's like half the budget of Aliens. I'm going to talk about film from the same but, um, time. But Total Recall, man. Like, There's another film that looks amazing on not a particularly huge budget. Brian Cranston <clears throat> was in the remake of Total Recall. There's no remake of Total Recall. I did extensive study work. There is no remake of Total Recall. So anyway, like, Total Recall is normally about a film. Like, no, sorry, Total Recall is a film about Quaid. Yeah. Discovering who he really is. In the remake, Robots. Yeah, Robots. Jessica Biel. I still can't figure out the geography of that film. He Take works... Does he? He lives in London... And he travels through the centre of the earth to work in Australia at a power, uh, factory making robots, right? That's America to China. It's London. It's London to Isn't Australia. It London to yeah. Australia? Yeah. Nah, I fucking know. <clears throat> to Sydney. But Australia looks like China. I'm going to confess like something about that yeah. film. Whilst I was watching it, I was intoxicated to the point where any idea of plot would seep from my There was nose. no plot. It there was, was terrible. A plot. Like, stuff was happened. Awful. But was I was talking Charles, about Nightbreed. Was Charles Dance in it? No. Ah. No. You're right. So you're talking about Nightbreed. It's good. Yeah, if you're going to ring it. I don't care. Friggin' Eleven Shell Factory need to sell Arrow Films the rights to that because it's pure Arrow film release. That is exactly the film Arrow should be releasing. Do you really think there's an audience for Nightbreed anymore? Yes, because it's never been released on DVD in the UK. There's got to be a bunch of people who yeah, want to I'm sure to it's on it. VHS and it failed miserably. It's a cult classic. And this this cut of the film's a new version of the film that's not been released before. It's like... See, I've seen Nightbreed, like... My mate dresses up as Dr. Decker whenever he goes to conventions, like... If he goes around, he's got the mask and everything with a little button eyes. Other father, yeah, yeah. from Coraline. Yeah. But um, no, no, there's a. It's got quite a strong following. See, I saw I first saw Nightbreed like ten years ago. I didn't realize it was this like because you know uh, the library, hmm. they had the Nightbreed director's book. Like it was <laughs> it, this is one of the first coffee table books I ever rented from the library, hmm. and it's this thick manuscript. And in between the pages that had the dialogue from the scenes, it would have these pictures from the set, and it would have information and stuff like that. Hmm. It was all really cool. But as a 12-year-old, I should not have been reading that book. <laughs> so. But saying that, I, I saw Return of the Living Dead at the age of eight, which yeah. is... No, I was I watched I originally watched Nightbreed before that. I was probably about 10 when I watched it. Yeah, I, I saw Return of the Living Dead when I was eight. Mm. I saw The Fly when I was about nine. Oh, Fly's been one of my favourite films since I was a little kid. It's a great film. <laughs> I love that film. But, um, but Nightbreed, give it... Right now, I'm going to give it 0 out of 10 until Arrow Films release it in the UK, and then it gets a 10 out of 10. Once it like, UK, I'm happy. You reverse psychology someone who may not listen to our podcast. I'm basically bargaining Arrow Films. You want a 10 out of 10 review of a Nightbreed, you fucking release if that film in the UK. you want to definitely earn £15 from Ant buying the Blu-ray. <laughs> yeah, and I want the Blu-ray to have like reversible sleeves so I have different colours. Oh god, he's making demands. This is where it um, goes mad. Slipcase. If be- possible, give it the Battle Royale treatment. I want artwork books, I want different versions of the film. Battle Royale is a fantastic movie. Yeah. Speaking of Battle Royale, did you notice they used the that classic piece of Wagner, the musicals Wagner, wasn't it, in Wagner. the Max, Max Mad Max Fury Road trailer? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Sideline, Mad Max Fury Road trailer. I liked it. I'm looking forward to that film. It, it's making me remember what Ozploitation was again. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Do you know, like the moment I saw a massive tornado emitted from what I believe is a nuke going off. No, it's a sand cloud um, storm shooting. Yeah, but there's the an country. explosion in the new trailer, and then there's the there's the shot of the tornado. Could be. Because <laughs> um, oh my god, it all looks great, aesthetically yeah. very pleasing. All right, so um, your uh, review, my first review. Um, as I said, it's going to be something from the same period of time. Because fuck it, um, I've got to talk about something that I'm passionate about, or I'm just going to fucking drivel on like some sort of sad prick like last week. So I'm going to talk about this week, Rocky Four. Hell yeah! I watched all of the Rocky films. Again, this has to be like the 12th time. All five of them. All six of them. I watched every Rocky film, including Rocky V, which is by far the worst film ever. It's Rocky 1, 2, 3, 4, and then Rocky Balboa. Yeah, well, that's how it should go, but there is that blight on history that is Rocky V. Anyway, we're not reviewing the series. We're reviewing Rocky IV. If you haven't seen it, you're not a man. If you're a woman, you haven't seen it, watch it. Beat your husband. I don't care what you do or your boyfriend. Whoever he is, just... Beat him because he hasn't shown you this brilliant piece of cinema. Rocky Four is the story of Rocky rising up against the 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 sickle and hammer, the Russian, the Iron Curtain. He is taking on the Cold War 
fist by fist, and it is brilliant. Fisting them in the face. Fisting them in the fucking face. So Ivan Drago is this Russian dude. He's declared to be the strongest boxer in the world, and he comes to America, and what do they do? They get him to fight the previous heavyweight champion, which is Apollo Creed at this point, a very good friend of Rocky Balboa, who is our titular hero. Ignore him for now. He's not important. Apollo Creed goes up against Ivan Drago, and he... Loses incredibly to the point where and he his fights own... him in a fi- in a theatrical exhibition. He does. He yeah. um, comes out to Living in America. James Brown is singing on a stage. Comes in a giant top hat with Victorious a um... Pete racist. If you don't know racist. what this is, then please Google. <laughs> Everyone's seen Rocky Four. Not everyone's seen Rocky Four. That's the thing. This is the injustice of the world that we live in. Like you're, uh... when you're at school and they're teaching you about the Cold War, they make <laughs> you watch Rocky Four. They should make you watch Rocky Four. Yeah, well, it didn't actually matter to the UK too much because we were like, we were like, all right, guys, chill, chill out. We were just in the middle. We yeah, were directly... like, just don't worry. Did you ever see the film? Um, the film they did for the BBC what was it like? Um, it was one word. Well, the one with Sheffield gets destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I mean. God, yeah. that was fucking horrendous. Anyway, yeah. but Rocky Four. Back to Rocky Four. So Apollo Creed is struck down by Ivan Drago and suddenly dies in Rocky's arms. And now Rocky, at this point, is taken on the mantle of being Apollo Creed's trainer in an attempt to get him fighting fit to fight Ivan Drago. Ivan Drago suddenly decimates him, and Apollo Creed loses his life. So what does Rocky do? Does he sit there and cry? Does he break down? Does he become he does. A, sh- a shadow of the man he is? No. He does the greatest thing possible. He goes to Russia. He trains to, to um, I think it's Survivor. Uh, t- uh, what is it? The song? The it's da, not Isla Tiger in that one. Da, da. It's a great 80s Oh, Hearts on Fire. Hearts on yeah, Fire. Journey. Journey, Hearts on Fire. He yeah. trains to Journey, Hearts on Fire by lifting logs and fighting snow. And is it Rocky Four that had... Vince Dakota doing the music. It's all synth heavy. Really yes, synth- yes, yeah. yes, yes. Because yes. it has it, Rocky Freeze, the one with the robot. Yeah. Now, anyway, so Ivan Drago. <laughs> so Rocky tra- trains up and he goes to fight Ivan Drago, and it is grueling. Twenty five minutes of of utter pain and and anguish. But Rocky does it. He beats the Russians. He saves the world. Holy fuck, it's great. And then Rocky Five happens and we cry a little bit inside and die and we all become adults. And then Rocky Six comes out and we remember we're all going to get old one day. But it doesn't matter because Rocky can still kick the shit out of Mason Dixon. Holy fuck, great film. Watch that. Um, but sideline, Rocky Four, great film. I give it a Tom Atkins, the highest regard I hold it in. You're still waiting with actors. <laughs> I'm still waiting with actors. We've got to have some sort it's good of... good job we've got a picture of Tom Atkins on the camera. <laughs> got two, actually. I'm so going to try and find one of him lying naked, straddling a bed or a tiger or something like Michael <laughs> Jackson. Um, but anyway, yeah, Rocky Four, I cannot recommend it enough. It's one of my all-time favourite films. Um, from the music to the to the fucking montage to everything they do is done around this idea of of just rising up, and that is where the song from it's Rocky Three. It's the eighties encapsulated an hour and a it half. Is, it is, it is, <laughs> and it's you can watch Rocky Three, you can watch Rocky One, Two. Is it Three's got Thunderlips in it? Was that Rocky Two? Thunderlips is in Rocky Three because yeah. Thunderlips is the cherry fight against Hulk, motherfucking Hogan. Yeah. Let's quickly go to Rocky. Clubber Lang's Rocky Three, isn't it? Let's talk about Rocky Three yeah. very quickly. Clubber Lang is Mr. T who fights Rocky. He beats him. And Rocky goes to his old nemesis, now his best buddy, Apollo Creed, which is where Rocky Four comes in later, but let's ignore that. And they fight. Oh my god, it's amazing. Watch Rocky Three, watch Rocky Four, watch all of the Rockies except Five. So Rocky Three was terrible. partially done as a promotion for the first WrestleMania. <coughs> really? Yeah, it was like there was basically the whole um, Mr. T and Hulk Hogan thing. The yeah. WrestleMania main event of the first WrestleMania was yeah. Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Rowdy Woody Piper and Paul Orndorff. I think, yeah, Paul Orndorff. And yeah, it was the whole, basically they tied it together because Rocky had been a big hit and they just had this whole, yeah. loads of, basically for about six months they had nothing but training montages of Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. That's amazing. amazing. Yeah, just all built up to quite a shitty main event. But it was entertaining because Rowdy Roddy Piper is in there and Rowdy Roddy Piper can Roddy carry Piper. three guys yeah. to a main event on his own. Rowdy Roddy Piper has, uh, oh, sorry, yeah, Tom Atkins is my score for Rocky Four. Actually, the whole Rocky trilogy, uh, trilogy, the whole Rocky series, except for five, and the Tom Atkins five, five is the shit that Paris Hilton did immediately after reading the script of the Hottie and the Naughty. Is the worst disgraceful piece of crap you will ever see in your life, and it's probably a cumbridden fucking. The only thing stain. I like in Rocky Five is I like stories that start off big and gradually get smaller and smaller, and that's what Rocky Five did. Because it ends up in a street fight. That's like as small the, as a boxing match can get. The biggest problem with next Rocky, to playing Rock'em Sock'em Robots for the finale. The problem is that Rocky Five. Um, Rocky Four was just this this epic moment that everyone was involved in. Mm. Like there was a certain amount of emotion in Rocky Four, and in Rocky Five, the villain's called Tommy Gunn, and there was no emotion. Like there yeah. was no there was no investment. Like it, it, Rocky, it sounds like such a fucking stupid thing to say, and people will say it's fucking stupid because you you haven't seen it. There is an emotional investment. You watch Rocky One, and for lack of a better word, Rocky is mentally handicapped. And then you watch Rocky Two, he's a little bit smart. He gets smarter as it goes on. And then Five, mm. he gets stupid again. But 
But you were emotionally brain damaged in five. Yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> it's a good excuse. Um, and and then Rocky Six says this crescendo, like he's like, oh, I can still do it. It's a lot like Rambo. Around that time, there's a lot of nostalgia. Mm-hmm. It's all coming back. But by fucking God, watch the Rocky films, just not Rocky but Five. People forget that Sylvester Stallone was spoken of as a writer and a director he... type before he was known as being the action movie star. Yeah. Like, yeah. Rocky segued into that, but he directed he the Rocky. sequel to friggin' Saturday Night Fever. He did, which stayed alive. awful. Nah, it's a right film. Don't diss that. Saturday Night Fever, man. He's Saturday a good director. Saturday. He's a good director. He's Saturday a good Saturday Night Fever is about a man being a prick yeah. to everyone. Yeah, and the Bee Gees. And the Bee Gees. And yeah. Staying Alive. Staying Alive, the, the sequel. Yeah. No, Staying Alive. Um, staying Alive, the sequel's called Staying Alive. Yeah, yeah. the sequel's called Staying Alive. Yeah. Staying Alive is about a man who abuses women... Men, anyone who gets in his way. <laughs> yeah. What a fucking EA did direct that. That's crazy to me. No, no. And he was um. He was a singer at one point. Yeah. Do you know this? Old rock. Yeah. Sylvester Sloan's. Sylvester Sloan and Dolly Parton. Oh. He in a film that was fucking atrocious. Um, I only found out about that because of the uh, How Did It Get Made podcast. It's not all film was in. It wasn't Best Little Whorehouse in Texas. No, it? no, no, it was, it was after, after that. that. Yeah. Nah, Who's older? The, this is a fun game they did on that podcast. Who's older, Dolly Parton or Sylvester Stallone? Yeah. Stallone's older than Dolly Parton. They're about the same age, aren't they? They were exactly the same age. Yeah, because that's like creepy as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Stallone's starting to look old now. Like the, he is, yeah. He's yeah. Like very old, yeah. I mean, Expendables, when you watch him run, it's like watching a bit of meat roll down a hill. But um, would you would you have anything to say about the Rocky the Rocky films? We'll just call no, them the Rocky films now. I'll start out with Rocky. Great films. I love them. The first two Rocky films are the first Rocky films legitimately a it's landmark in cinema. Yeah. Like um Rocky Freeze is one with the robot, right? Yeah. <laughs> hey there, Polly. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently I remember Sylvester Sloan saying that at the time he was very interested in trying to keep the Rocky films relevant. And he heard that <laughs> and he had been seeing all this cool stuff with technology, so he thought, oh, something a rich person would have is a robot butler. He never thought to check in his own house, because he was quite rich, yeah. if he had a robot butler. Like, can you imagine? Or even call Arnie and say, have you got a robot butler? He's like, no. Oh, so it's not a thing people have these days. No. Just oh, no, like, no, like, I was just wondering, like, robot butler. The thing is, by the time Rocky Five comes around, that's the point where Stallone was just in some absolute <laughs> shit. Like, that's the point where you get to that, um, what's Tango that freaking... Tango Cash kicks off. It's a great film, yeah. but Kurt Russell's in it, which instantly amazing. elevates everything yeah. 20 times. But no, he was... What's that? Um, is it Bugsy? Not Bugsy, but the one where he's the mob boss guy. Yeah, the one with uh, Marisa Tomei. My, don't stop and my mum will shoot. The one with Frank... Frank Stallone does the soundtrack for that film. <sighs> Frank Stallone. Really, Frank Stallone's what, actually Frank really Stallone? good at singing. <laughs> he's got a great band. Yeah. What was the film he was in? He was, that one they reviewed on Best of the Worst. Of the oh, World, fuck. Um, Hollywood Cop, whatever it yeah. was. Yeah. Classic. Anyway... You done with that one? Yeah, I'm done with that one. Right. Okay. Right. Oh, look, we're, we're quicker than normal. Yeah, got through two reviews, man. In right. 20 minutes. <laughs> um, Record. So, this is a story all about how my life got turned flip upside down. I'd like to take a minute, just sit right there. I'm going to tell you how YouTube's content ID system is unfair. Did you really think about that before you did it? This has been planned for a week. <laughs> right. <laughs> it didn't sound any less nerdy than it was planned to be. Yeah. I could have rapped it. I could have done much smoother. I've been, I've been reciting rap lyrics randomly and trying to upscale them to better thesaurus usage. Like, bit that, was, that just, that just yeah. tumbled apart, didn't it, then? Yeah. yeah. I like usage. large posteriors and I'm incapable of deception. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, YouTube content idea. I've had... I've had many adventures with YouTube content ID. Um, I've had recently people on Twitter thanking me for the videos I've done talking about it, which is quite nice. Um, I've had one. Yeah, well... I've only done like 12 videos. I've had lots. but My um, YouTube presence is pretty bad. To give a rundown of my content ID history, um, when they first started doing this a few years ago, I was working for Electronic Arts, and I got content ID'd on a video of Skate. EA Sports. That was okay. It's they they didn't do anything to me there. They just said, oh, we're just going to leave it there and have adverts on. I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. Um... But since I've been doing the the Mellow Gaming channel, um, Square Enix content ID the video cutscene from the intro of Final Fantasy XII and refused to remove it. So don't play Square Enix games on the channel anymore. Nintendo are notoriously troublesome with this. Um, but then I've come across Konami, and I did a Castlevania playthrough the other day, Symphony of the Night, five and a half hours long playthrough of the entire game. And I've been content ID'd on video by Konami, like it's automatic, it's all automated, and four hits from Sony Music Entertainment, right? Which Sony Music have refused to release them because apparently, even though the music's turned down, the game sound effects going over it. I'm talking over it, and they're like three hours in that they've picked up the things. 
they think that apparently people are going to be watching this video to listen to the music. Um, I'm waiting to see if Konami released the video because I've got a feeling Konami basically chuckle their music into Sony's content ID system so they can content ID anyone playing the games and then say it's not us, we don't claim on the games, you can play the games if you want. Oh, but the music thing, that's not our thing, that's the someone else handling it. But the thing is that's really annoying with the whole system is it's a complete mess. I've had another YouTuber called T-Bone Pearson claiming my videos were made by him. I had Nerdist do that to me. Yeah, Nerdist. But yours is a big organisation. This is one YouTuber. Like, how who... did Nerdist think that my adventures... I did a series of YouTube videos called The Legend of Machicles, which were me playing Dragon Age Inquisition on on, uh, on Twitch. And I just put it over to YouTube. I didn't do much commentary or anything like that. And I thought, like, oh, okay, EA are probably going to flag this. And then the Nerdist flagged the first yeah. video. They were like, this is Was us. it on a, what did, they flag, what did they flag it on? Like a video? Yeah, they flagged yeah. it. They said at, like, 2 minutes 83, there was... Was it one of the cutscenes? Video and audio. No, it was, there was, had already been several cutscenes. Mm. They just put video and audio owned by owned Yeah, because that's the thing. They're, they're literally... Who they are Nerdist? Do... They're the website, right? Yeah. Do they do this to a lot of people? They all list tools, listicles and videos and all this sort of stuff in it. Pricks. But it's like... The thing is, is that when it comes to Let's Plays, you can't do that on video content because, like, take a game like Runner 2 that I got content ID'd on by a company called Gretek, who Bitrip run... 2? Yeah, Bitrip oh. Runner 2, yeah. Gretek run a uh, uh, sort of esports gaming channel called GOM. Yeah. Um, like, you take a game like Runner 2, let's say you take the video of that, one person playing that well is going to look pretty similar to someone else because the entire game is set in time to music. Yeah. So every jump is going to be at the exact same second... So as long as you're hitting each thing. Yeah. So they're using the video content on that, and it's just going to match to anyone who plays those levels of Bitrip Runner. Especially to that degree. Yeah. Right, it's always going to be based on but the But it's, it's not even... The system's not intricate enough to pick up the differences. Because the one with T-Bone Pearson that came up, that's because he played Sonic Racing Transformed. Yeah. He's had it on loads of Nintendo ones as well. He's got it in an automated system, because that's how it's all run. But, so it just automatically like goes and says, yeah. all right, you prick, give but me my video. All you need to do is someone just needs to turn a corner at the same time he turned it on his video. And he'd kick off. And it'll automatically match it. Oh, you've got Katamari. Yeah, of course I've got Katamari. I've How got multiple Katamaris. They're all good. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> no, this T-Bone Pearson guy, he's a tool. He vanished for a while from yeah. YouTube and then came back with a £700 camera he had bought showing off that. So I wonder if he's getting that from all the ad revenue of people who seem to think that they don't know how to dispute content ID claims. I'm just going to dispute everything now. Unless it comes yeah. from EA. It's just Always dispute, because there's nothing they can do. You're allowed to dispute every content ID claim. Well, it's all right. It's, it's a reference. Because yeah. this, this is the thing with their system that's really broken, though. For a start, it's automated, so no one's actually checking the videos before they claim that you've stolen the ID. The moment they content claim it, they're getting the ad revenue from your video. Yeah, which is fantastic. So if your video does really well, suddenly they're making money. If yeah. they do that to loads of tiny little YouTubers that haven't got be... the backing of yeah the big companies, well, the ducats. Yeah, and you'll be able to buy a seven hundred pound camera like T Bone Pearson did. Dicks. Um, on top of that, what's he going to use it to? When you dispute it, you... the person who um friggin' decides whether or not you have broken content ID is the person accusing you of it. Think about that for a second. Can you think of a system where you were judged by your accuser? Um. American courts of law. <laughs> well, the court doesn't take you to court. The lawyers take you to court. That's true. That's true. Some, the police accuse um, you of something. Well, <laughs> see, the problem, I, I think like the, probably the biggest problem is the amount of money it would cost. Because uh, YouTube, I'm, I'm guessing it's a massive organisation. They hands off YouTube. They let the, it's all the companies themselves. They all have Oh, okay. It. So, but, but. That's why it's automated as fuck. This is, this is in defence of the current process. This isn't yeah. me defending it as a person. But they can't thing. employ people to manually sit there checking everything. It'd yeah, be ridiculous. That's, that's the problem, because there's hours and hours of content on YouTube. So, But if someone doesn't respond to your content dispute, does it then go away? After 30 days, it goes back, but they still get all the advertising revenue for that 30 days. Okay, so yeah. oh, okay, so I see, I see where the issue is. So you can see where this is going to yeah. be abused like crazy. Pricks. Yeah. Because the thing Tunts. is... if they, I love being able to swear. <laughs> the way this should be handled to me is have the automated system, but don't block... don't content ID someone's system and take away their ad revenue straight away. I have the automated system but reduce it down to seven days. When possibly they, 14. Yeah. And, and it automates it. When it hits something, it's and the people who run that have yeah. their own employees. Because you can't expect YouTube to check every video. No, but no, no, no. It's perfectly reasonable to expect Konami to have people checking just Konami videos that it's come up with. Yeah. Um, Gretek coming up with checking their ones. Those ones with their game esports things. I sent a message to them saying don't match on video. You've got commentary on your videos match on the audio for the commentary 
because that's unique. That is actually something you own. You don't own those games. Yeah. And it is only the publishers who have a right to own them. And the only reason we're allowed to get away with Let's Plays on YouTube is because the publishers let you do it. Mm. And most publishers agree it's a good thing. Oddly, all the Japanese publishers seem to have problems with it. Well, I think in Japan it's not considered free advertising. Like in the UK, when someone clicks on your 15-minute video of you playing mm. Dragon Age and calling an axe the fuckera, mm. that's giving you ad revenue. But in Japan, obviously... They're in uh, quite stylized, and it's this isn't this isn't a negative thing because I think that this is something that's that's stringently managed by the government over this. It's good, but you're always there's always an influx of advertising. There's mm. there's places where you can see adverts wherever you go. They've got more of those video billboards than we have anywhere in the world. They have constant streams of advertising, and I think it is stringently managed. So when you get someone on YouTube and they're going, "Ah, oh, come here, you goblin cunt," it's not something that they want to have. So I think that like, but the, they all talk about it as though you're stealing their game, well, and so you're stopping someone wanting to play. Like you know the reason the experience is to the individual. So yeah, if I was it's transformative, to, everyone plays it differently. But but the problem is that if I was to see the same cutscene as twenty other people at the beginning of a two-hour campaign, and half an hour of that is those cuts are those cutscenes that I've already seen. They just stop making games out of half an hour cutscenes. Alright, Metal Gear Solid 4 <laughs> yeah. was not to everyone's liking, but I liked it. An hour and a half long cutscene at one point. Maybe to pee. You're going to pee? I'm going to pee during the podcast. This is the first time this has happened. I'm going to pee. I'll be too I'm going to have to just entertain everyone myself. Yeah, right. So Matt's run off. But basically what I'm getting the point at, the point I'm getting to here is that you do need to rethink how content ID systems are managed. They need to stop automatically blocking people and taking the revenue away from them. It's all very well and good if you're someone like me who gets hardly any views. But if you're a big-name YouTuber, that's troublesome, blocking them from making a living. But I'm done now. YouTube's content ID system, zero. And I've just got to wait for Matt to come back. Come back, Matt. Are you done? Yeah, see, I peed. Well done. That wasn't long that that wasn't way that long, was it? How long? Like ten minutes, man. Shut ten up. Minutes. Shut up. How? It's your review now. It's my review. Oh god. Alright, I'm I'm excited about this. What can I what can I talk about? <clears throat> Let me just check my list. Um sorry for those people at home that think that we do this completely ad hoc. I do have a list. Um it's not great. It's Can I open my Christmas cards one here? <coughs> <coughs> okay. Um I am gonna do I'm gonna do the equalizer starring Denzel Washington. I watched that I watched that today. Today. Although, probably by the time people listen to this, it'll be like a week from now, so... Maybe a few days. All right. So I watched The Equalizer starring Denzel Washington. It's a remake of a 70s and 80s program about a man who fixes problems. It's the A-team with one man. Yeah, right. So that's He kind of operates like. outside the law. Yeah. So, Edward um, Woodward. So there's, uh, there's, this is probably quite old now. It's out of the cinemas. I think it's probably coming out on Blu-ray and DVD soon. So I saw it at like, the very end of its run. So I watched this film. Uh, I didn't have high hopes. And I'm right not to have high hopes. It's not great. It's quite boring. Um, there's some nice little action set pieces, but it's um, <laughs> like if you know anyone with any mental illness or who suffers from OCD or anything along that time, along that sort of thing, um, it's an actor's version of OCD in this film. You see him close doors a few times and do things like that. Like it's just it's and he's very neat and clinical. It's like that version of OCD. Yeah. So, and that's, that's obviously, he's seen people with OCD and he's taken elements of that that he thinks would be theatric, which is what people do. That's what filmmakers do. But it just, it sort of insults people that have that. I'm not, I'm not personally someone, I'm talking as if I'm in some sort of high regard and I have OCD. I don't, I would never say that I do or anything I do is related to an OCD type syndrome. I think people that do, they diminish the value of that. Like, I'm not saying that it's a high value thing to have, but I'm saying that someone who has that and suffers from that, you're just kind of making their plight a little bit of a fucking joke, so stop doing it. But when it comes to when it comes to this film, it's not great. It's quite boring, it's quite meandering. Denzel Washington is Denzel Washington from Denzel Washington, the Denzel Washington movie played by Denzel Washington, written by Denzel Washington, directed by Denzel Washington. Possibly. Has he directed anything? <laughs> probably. Glory was great. Um, I really like him as an actor. He's done some great stuff, but it seems that he's gone the way of Bruce Willis, in which that he cares less than the audience who are shoveling money and popcorn into their mouths as they try and do this. I'm not and shoveling money into my mouth. Yeah, some people do. I mean, look at it. Five pounds for a bag of popcorn. You're not playing a fun game, are you? You're just nah. wasting money. But when it comes to when it comes to Denzel Washington in this film, yeah, he's gone a lot the way of um, Bruce Willis, which is sad. It's a sad thing to see, especially when he was such a prevalent actor at one point. He directed Antoine Fisher, The Great Debaters, and something called Fences, which isn't out yet. Wait, Antoine Fisher, is that the one with the magical black guy? Sure. Or is that the one with the writer? Is it the one with Sean Connery? 
No, so you're, thinking, you're thinking of that other one. No. Sean Connery. Has he got? That was short. Denzel Washington in it. Oh, really? Okay. But anyway, so um, so yeah, The Equalizer, it's not really worth seeing, but I think that it did okay at the box office, so people probably watched it and enjoyed it. I forgot it was released, to be honest. Yeah, like, and it's such a weird thing to pick to remake. Who is that audience? Um... I don't know, because they're all going to be in their 50s now, most yeah. of them. I only vaguely remember the series, because it used to be on late night on ITV <laughs> during the 90s. Yeah, it was. Back when War of the Worlds and yeah. the TV series of that was on, and V, and all that sort of stuff. Oh, holy fuck. When V used to be on on TV, I couldn't I couldn't tell V in Battlestar Galactica from one another when I was like five. <laughs> it must have made a very confusing story, man. Well, there's just always shots of spaceships. Well, V was set entirely on Earth. No, there were shots of spaceships, well, though. And then V, the miniseries, like... had spaceships. Yeah, but they're it's both about still... people. Don't yeah. start. Don't start playing games with me now. I'm I'm a nerd too. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> but um, the equalizer. I just I don't know who it's aimed for. Chloe Moretz Smith plays a prostitute, and she looks far too young to be a prostitute. And, and Tony Grace got... Moritz. Moritz. Yeah. Is that it? Sorry, sorry. Guys. Get a name like that. All right. I don't know fucking child actors. She's yeah. like eighteen now. She is, yeah, which yeah. makes it a little bit sexy. Uh, no, but in general, in general, the film is—it's um, just weird. Like you know, when you sit there and you wonder who this is made for, because there's violence, but it's always hidden, or like there's violence and you just keep, see a quick shot. They got and into that PG thirteen now, man. Yeah, and there's like a fucking. All right, there's one thing that they could have really, really um, made a lot of money on, and that's the last. From what I can tell, because I fell asleep in the last 10 minutes, 25 <laughs> minutes towards the end of the film, he sort of sets up this Home Alone-style trap system oh. in a DIY shop, and you think to yourself, oh, fuck the possibilities of that. He kills two people with DIY traps, and the others he's just, like, fighting them. Why can this be a MacGyver film? They could have had a MacGyver oh. film where he but the same gradually builds up to him getting stuck it in a DIY shop, be... and suddenly you like the possibilities. It doesn't need to be The Equalizer. <laughs> it doesn't need to be MacGyver. It can be a new <laughs> thing now, because that audience is dead, or they're Who close to it. Who went fight with between they don't care. Batman with Time to Prepare and MacGyver in a DIY store? Madu- it's MacGyver. <laughs> like, it wouldn't be Batman, <laughs> clearly, because Batman would be like, oh, okay, just Batman just has the time to pair though and also right. Batman won't kill MacGyver won't kill <laughs> MacGyver would probably just like lure him in and then walk out and then blow the building up you build a Stargate that was <laughs> <laughs> some masking <laughs> tape drill here's a weird thing for you right you know the guy that was in Stargate played the part of James Spader he was in the program though oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. that guy is in a film I saw recently uh, he... is it David Spade no David Spade David is he the Spade? comedian David Which one's James yeah, Spade? David Spade's the one from, from Tommy Boy. James Spade is the one from Secretary. Oh. Yeah, David Spade's the one who's in how, um, that crappy sitcom. Rules of Engagement. Ah, oh, yeah, the one with... Uh, that, that. Patrick Warburton. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can't remember his name. Yeah, the him. Tick. <laughs> the Tick. Fuck yeah. Uh, but yeah, so, um, yeah, The Equalizer. I really wouldn't recommend it. Like, I, You'd probably enjoy the action for like a little bit, but then like you'd be wondering what the fuck you're doing listening to this old man ramble about Moby Dick and say that he used to be like some sort of spy or something. And just, who gives a fuck? Is it, who is this for? Call it call it generic CIA, CIA shooty man, and you'll probably have the same audience appeal. Just don't remake shit from years ago if you're not going to do it in a new way. Like, this stuff's been done, right? Like, yeah. The Equalizer had a good 50 episodes. Why do we need more of it? What was it they remade a few years ago? Kojak, wasn't it? Yeah, Kojak yeah. with Vin Rames, and yeah. no one saw that. Yeah, and no they remade that, Shaft yeah. with Samuel L. Jackson. No one saw that. And Christian Bale in that fucking film. I got really annoyed with one of my friends. She liked um, the remake of Shaft more than the uh, original because the old one's old. Purely because the old one's old. How could you? How could you like something over Shaft Goes to Africa? I know. Have uh, you seen that movie? It's, it's fucking batshit insane. This film's right. beautiful. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's my review. Equalizer. <laughs> I give it. I give it. Fucking. I give it the Jennifer Connelly. You'll watch a film and you'll have to guess halfway through whether she's awake or not. And you'll probably be asleep by that point anyway, so it won't really matter. Jennifer Connelly? She's a... All right. If she was English, she'd be an English rose. Look, Labyrinth. Yeah. Angley's Hulk. Yeah. Requiem for a Dream. Yeah. Name any other film she's good in. Not good in? Yeah. I don't put up to those high standards. (laughs) Phenomenally. Exactly. Like, (laughs) what, Noah... And Angley's Angley's Hulk was a stretch. Noah would be a fucking hanging. That'd be a lynching if you said that. Phenomena. She's worked with Dario Argento. She gets a free pass. She doesn't get a free pass. No one gets a free pass. Not in this fucking world. All right. So your next review. Um, I've been playing Persona (laughs) Four. It's there. So I just remembered. (laughs) Yeah, I got lent this, and I should have played this like seven years ago. (laughs) 
have you still got it from someone lending you seven years ago? No, 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 no. She only lent it to me recently. I've been wanting to play it for it's ages. A she? Yeah, my friend Amy, lent, Amy lent it to me. But no, she lent me the game and I should have played it years ago, but it came out of that period where the Xbox was already out. It came out in 2007. Like, no one was buying PS2 games already in 2007. In, already in the first paragraph of your review, you said period and woman. Yeah, that's okay. <laughs> but no one's buying PS2 games in 2007. Yeah, you said So that. I just skipped I that. Did. No, no one did. No one, no one bought a single PS2 game then. Yeah, I definitely bought PS2. What was the last? Wasn't it like recently the last PS2 game was released? It was a freaking FIFA game or something. Yeah, FIFA 13. Yeah, it's the last PS2. That's game. messed up. Yeah, but um, Persona 4 is brilliant. Well. Like the first three hours of Persona 4 is very much almost a visual novel practically because it's it's all establishing and set up. But the storyline is basically. Um, in this little town of Inaba, you play a student who's moved there, staying with his uncle for a little while, and people Sexy. have started dying. And they, but they're dying in a weird way. They just sort of appear stuck upside down from a telegraph pole or a television mast or something like that. Sexy. And all the kids in the town, they have this little secret thing going on where if they look at the TV at night and midnight when it's raining, they can see someone in the TV. And the myth is it's their soulmate, but it's actually someone who's trapped inside a television world. And the characters, the main group of characters, discover that they can go through the TV into the TV world, and their plan is to save anyone who's trapped in there. These people are basically getting killed by like the dark side of their personality, and it's like all your characters have like personas, which are like your alter egos and stuff. Yeah. The main character can switch his personas up. Cool. Which is quite cool. The other characters all have their own fixed ones. Is this worth me buying it on the Vita? It's well good. It's probably good. <laughs> yeah it does the first proper I say first proper big boss battle moment that comes about I'll probably say about five hours into the game yeah um, it's really difficult you might have to keep going back over and I'm not going to play more than Rogue Legacy or Binding of Isaac no but it's, it's brilliant it's <laughs> nah, but... huge it's all set over the course of a year and you, oh, okay. you have to plan out every single day okay. like, so you can go into the dungeon and try and rescue someone yeah but if you keep doing that, you might rescue them quickly, but you won't be building up your other abilities. You have social links, and social links affect your your abilities and things you can do and what you can get, all this sort of stuff. Um, it's properly in-depth game. It's one of those typical Japanese RPGs where they really layered, layered, layered the depth. Is it like... Way. Okay, so if I was to say the last really in-depth RPG I played, if I'm honest, would probably be something like... Um, uh, what was the um, what was the really expensive one on the Xbox 360? The last something? Last Remnant. Yeah. Was that? Yeah. Was that? That was a fairly rare Mist one. Walker game, I think it was. It may not have been that then. Um, it was like a Japanese one. The front was like a spaceship. It was part of a series. No idea. No, <laughs> nor do I. Fuck. Um, but yeah, that was like the last in-depth RPG I played. And I have a problem with RPGs. I... Whoa. Um, I play for about an hour or two and then I'm like... I don't want to do this. Hmm. So it, the, the best RPG I've ever played is probably going to be Final Fantasy VII. That's a bit of a generic mention, but Final Fantasy Noob. VII or... Um, I mean, at a stretch, I've played the Dragon Quest games. Hmm. So like I've played Dragon Quest Joker. And Dragon, Dragon Quest VIII is amazing. Dragon Quest Adventures and stuff like that. But um, but what, what would you say in relation to Final Fantasy VII... Is this more or less complex? This is like jumping from Final Fantasy. Final 7. Fantasy Seven is a very straightforward RPG. It is, yeah. Like yeah. Final Fantasy Eight opened it up a lot. Yeah, they've all got different styles. Every single yeah. one's different. Yeah, that's what. I'm, but like, would you say this is like jumping from Final Fantasy Seven to Final Fantasy Eight, or is it like jumping from? Final like, Fantasy none of the Final Fantasy games are as complex as no? proper Japanese RPGs. This is more sort of getting into the complexity of stuff. Sort of a, maybe a couple of layers below the things that Nipponichi do, stuff like Disguise and all that. Okay. Like, because your characters level up on their own, but their personas level up. Whichever persona you got equipped has its own stats. I keep thinking we're talking about this guy because it's right there, hmm. and I, it's not. It's persona we're talking about. Yeah. Because there's disguise two there and persona four. I've got all the disguise somewhere. You got all the disguise. Yeah. But um. See, that's where I'm going wrong. But oh. no, persona's like it's one of those ones. that's just everything you can do has a different layer of depth to it. There's different ways that you can change your character and customize them in various ways. But um. I'm loving it up. It's got a genuinely unique storyline for a RPG. Yeah, for I mean, once it's not sci- it's not like set in a fantasy world or set in the future. To be honest, from what you've just said, I, I can't be interested in playing it. Yeah. Is there the other Persona games? Do they follow the same storyline? There's well, uh, this gets complex. Persona is part of the Shin Megami Tensei series. <laughs> Shin Megami Tensei has been going since the NES <laughs> when it was just called crying. Megami Tensei. Okay, there's somewhere in the region of about forty odd games. All right, um, um, four is- of which are Persona. Okay, and the Persona games. 
Do they follow the same narrative? They've all got different characters. They're all set in their own little adventures and but stories, they... but they all involve people going to another world and having like, oh, okay. separate identities. All right, so I don't have to have played the no. other 40 characters. They've all got their own thing, but they all... Like the last one, Persona 3 has a weird thing where to activate their personas, they shoot themselves in the head when they're in this fantasy world. That's awesome. They toned it down a bit in Persona 4. They've got tarot cards. <laughs> yeah, so it's toned down a little. So they've taken it. They've taken it from suicide to yeah. witchcraft. But the Shin Megami Tensei series, like, there's tons of them. There's the main Shin Megami Tensei games, but then you got stuff like Digital Devil Saga. Okay, um, I actually I have heard of that. Yeah, but yeah. there's all, there's whole tons of them. Um, some people even argue that Catherine's part of the series. I wouldn't. It, it's got the same sort of themes, isn't it? Like a fantasy. There's world locations there. and character names and stuff like yeah, that yeah. crop up, and then um, like the jukebox plays music from Persona. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's true. Um, all these little references that work in there like there's a calendar on the wall that's a Persona 4 calendar Yeah. in Persona 4 the calendar you've got on your wall in your bedroom is Persona 3's calendar it's like basically their last oh, game okay. nice little touches Yeah. but um, no it's a brilliant game I'm cool. enjoying the hell out of it I'm going to play a hell of a lot more of it I want to try and finish it I love the idea is it a like, long game? yeah well it's it's basically set over the course of a year and every day will take depends on what you're doing each time and how long it will take you have to join clubs at the school your character's at and like so, you might have to do activities to build social links, and that'll unlock new character types and boosts. And like every character relationship you have, they're assigned to a certain tarot of the sun, the fool, all this sort of stuff. Yeah. So if you make a new persona character that aligns with that yeah. um, type, you'll get a boost from that. So you've got to build your oh, okay. stats up with those. It's so many little layers on it. It's systems on top of systems, and it's really smart. And the storyline is quite well done. Most of the actors are pretty good in the English language version. There's um the newscaster seems to struggle with Japanese names. No. I notice whenever they're about to say a Japanese name, there's a slight pause before they say the name. Do he's like getting his cards? He's got like just they're cards. making sure they're going to Yeah. Um, but there's one guy, and they actually pronounce Daisuke correctly. Daisuke. Yeah. Um, Instead of Daisuke, he pronounces it properly, which Daisuke. is nice. <laughs> um, <laughs> Tetsuo. Ganeda. <laughs> Ganeda. But I get the feeling that, like it's done by a bunch of people who have done a lot of anime yeah, voice that's, that's so what they I get know. From, I get that from every doing. anime that I've ever watched. Do you ever watch the um, anime Demon Man? No, you mean Devil Man? Devil Man. Yeah, yeah, I watch Devil Man. Yeah, I watch Devil Man. Yeah. Yeah, there's a sexy. There's a film, man. Yeah, there is. Yeah, the live action film is amazing. It ends with the world being blown. There's a sexy, sexy string to that because the woman devil, woman, the harpy woman. Yeah, she's got boobs just hanging out. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, it was the eighties, man. Hot. <laughs> that stuff happened. But yeah, no Persona Four. What would you give it? Numbers. Numbers, yeah, just give it numbers. Yep, it's good. Cool, right, fine. Is it my go now? Yeah, you got another thing to review. It's a great time to become shy, isn't it? I'm going to become shy. No, oh. I made the decision. Um, all right, I'm going to talk about another film. Fuck it, why not? Um, when I was when I was eight years old, let's let's take a knee. Let's take a knee. Let's light the fire. Let's sit mm. down. Let Granddad regale you with stories of films. Um, there was a thing called VHS at one point. Ah, yeah, this was before DVD. I've heard it's entirely magnetic. <laughs> it was. Mm. Um, and back in the day, your parents would have VHSs that they didn't even know they had. They would be, you know, 1992, parents would forget about these films they had amounted over the years. If you just opened, if you left the cupboard door shut for long enough, new tapes would appear. Yeah, and every yeah. so often a child would wander in and they'd find one of these tapes and there would be, they had these glorious bits of artwork on the front. Nothing would ever really pertain to what I've got happened. a book that's entirely devoted to VHS video nasty artwork. Oh my god. And it's just, yeah. it, 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 often it never had anything to do with the plot. But mm. one film caught my eye one day, which was Return of the Living Dead. Nice. Which is uh, 1986, I believe. Zombie horror comedy. This was before Shaun of the Dead. There's a little bit of romance, so I'd call it a Zoncom rom. Yeah, rom Zoncom. Yeah. Rom Zoncom. Um, it's a it's a great little gem written by fifty percent of the people that wrote um, Night of the Living Dead. Because see, George A. Romero wasn't the only person. There was also another gentleman that that did part of um, the Return of the Living Dead film, uh, the Night of the Living Dead film, and he went on to Tom Savini. Was didn't he direct it? No, it was Dan O'Bannon, wasn't it? Dan O'Bannon was Alien. I can't remember. It's been years Return since. Return of the Dead. It was Dan something. <laughs> it might be Dan O'Bannon. It might be Dan O'Bannon. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> he um, he basically took his his series of films in one direction, whilst um, obviously George A. Romero took his in the direction of Day of the Dead. Dawn yeah, of it was Dead. Dan O'Bannon. Oh, there you go. Mm-hmm. So um, so yeah, um, and it's it's a great film. It's really interesting. It's really nice. Um, in a real fucking crazy twist on what you usually get, 
they are aware of Night of the Living Dead within the realm of reality. Yeah. So that film exists for them. So they try the tropes that every zombie film, it seems like they come from a place where zombies don't fucking exist. So when they're surprised when the zombie goes down, when you hit it in the head, but not when you stab it in the heart. And it's no. like, in this world, the first thing they try, stab it in the head. That doesn't work. So they completely dismember the zombie and chuck it in a, fluck, in a fucking furnace. But what happens? Turns out the gas that they're creating by burning the zombie is bringing about the zombies. And where do they happen to be? In a fucking cemetery. So all the zombies from the area start coming out. All the while you've also got Burr and Urn. Might be a play on Sesame Street, I'm not sure. But they both um, hey, breathed Bert. in. Hey, Bert. Hey, there, Ernie. Why are you going to shout at me, Bert? <laughs> You're so mad at me, Bert. I'm dying. I'm dying in the background. Um, <coughs> but they both breathe in the gas at the beginning of the film that animates the first zombie. In doing this, they actually steadily go from being alive people to being zombies. Mm. And as I said, in this world, hitting them in the head doesn't kill them. So they become these intelligent, still, still going zombie people, yeah. um, and it's just it's fantastic. I really can't it's recommend like dead it. Dead Heat. It's a lot like Dead Heat, <laughs> yeah. but they want to eat people's brains. Um, dead Heat's a great film, yeah. great show. Um, Treat Williams, love that man. Um, but anyway, it's a it's a really good film. If you haven't seen it, if you're really interested in zombie films, it stands up so fucking well. Apart from the, the obviously the fashion, but it stands up really well as opposed to stuff now. They've it's got, got some really cool like effects. Practical right, effects are great. Yeah. Um, much it's like another one of films made that period where practical effects looked amazing. Yeah, Dan O'Brien, um, who directed it, he Dan also O'Bannon. directed Dan O'Bannon. Sorry, he also directed Dan O'Brien's a completely different guy. He's an English writer, isn't he? Dar O'Brien. You sure? Dar O'Brien. Fucking hell! So many people. All right, shout outs to all those people. But Dan O'Bannon, he um he he did Aliens. Yeah, he wrote Alien. Alien. Yeah. Okay, and I believe it was the same guy from Alien that played the alien that played the Tar Man in Return of the Living Dead. I'm Probably, not sure. Yeah. But I, I know that they had to use someone in that suit, and it's a fucking tight suit because the guy looks like a corpse without his stomach and stuff. Yeah. And it's just fucking fantastic. If you don't have it, buy it. If you haven't if you haven't got the stomach to watch it several times, at least rent it and give it a go because it is a really funny film as well. There's some nice little humour notes in there and there's some nice little nods to other films. Just pretty great. Fuck it. Give it give it Treat Williams with Tom Atkins on top with a little bit of chocolate sauce. Oh, I'm gonna what was the last one? Up. Treat Williams, Tom Atkins. Treat Williams and Tom Atkins. And just, just like, who's the last thing? Chocolate sauce. Chocolate sauce. Yeah, just drizzle it over them. Oh, chuck the sauce. All oh, right. Cho- no, oh. chocolate sauce. Just dribble. Chocolate it over sauce. Got you. Just dribble it right, over. Okay. Because I need to know what I need to look for if with Google when I'm topless. trying to find images to chuck into the video version. Treat Williams was in uh, Deep Rising. Have you seen that film? Wait. Yeah. Is the one with the giant squids that come up from other? Uh, they nah. take over the cruise ship. No, I think I was Holy probably, fuck, yeah. it's amazing. It was directed by the same guy, Joe Dante, who... Joe Dante? No, it wasn't Joe Dante, sorry. It was um, it was Joe Johnson, the one who wrote them and directed The Mummy. Director of Rocketeer. The Mummy as well? No, that's um, friggin' another guy. He also did Van Helsing, didn't he? Yeah, don't... No. Fuck, we're all kinds of... The Rocketeer's a great film. Yeah, The Rocketeer's awesome. Joe Johnson directed Rocketeer and Captain America. Yes, he did. The yes, new he did. Captain America, not yeah. the 90s Captain America, or Winter Soldier, which I really would like on Blu-ray for Christmas, if anyone wants to send me Winter Soldier. Yeah, if, if Marvel or Disney are listening, Kevin yeah, yeah. Feige, just get on it. Yeah, and then I'll review it on here. God, I'd fucking, yeah. I fucking actually love that film. I've got it. Yeah, yeah, it's a fucking good film. Really good. I, I love to... what they did to do um, friggin' What's-His-Face. Winter Soldier. No, 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 Computer Guy. Oh, um... Baron Baron von Zar. Well, he's just a friggin' computer, and it's like, yeah, but he went that way in the comics anyway. Yeah, a nice way of fitting it into the. I like the fact thing. that um, the Winter Soldier still has that really grungy nineties hair. From, yeah, yeah, from around the time that because that was obviously he was released in the eighties, so he was like a yeah. hippie, wouldn't he? He was like a spy, so he was meant to look like a homeless Phil person. Kicks ass, more Chris Evans really action. I like Chris yeah. Evans. That's going to be my last review this week. I'm going to review. We've almost got it under an hour, so we're probably going to have to babble on. No, no, we don't have to babble on or anything. It just means less editing for me to do later. <laughs> I'm going to babble now, aren't I? Review season five of The Walking Dead. So far, you watched it? I've watched. I'm up to date. Where we're we up to the season break? Oh, the, the season break. Yeah. Oh, um. Yeah. Uh, spoilers going to be coming here thick and coming fast. Hard in your face. Um. I've also watched. I'm it. not we happy that this. they killed Beth. <laughs> I don't really care about Beth. She was hot, but like uh, you know, Beth's lovely. And as a replacement, we're getting friggin' Everybody Hates Chris Kid, who's managed to somehow go through puberty and look exactly the same. I uh, like <laughs> Noah. Don't stop it. <laughs> but he's not Beth. No, he's not. Beth um, Beth was an irritating character just in the fact that she 
trying to kill herself. And then she was, she was like, upset. Yeah, yeah. The zombie apocalypse was happening. People get pushed to extremes when the apocalypse is there happening. There are more important things than your own fucking feelings in the zombie apocalypse. And when you've got a baby that needs help, you pull your fucking pants that up. That baby is basically bait. That it's baby, gonna, you keep bad. that baby around as a special move for when you're being chased. I've just seen Smackdown too in your, your box of PlayStation <laughs> <laughs> What film was it? Uh, what's that film? It's a fairly recent one where there's like a zombie flesh-eating creatures running around. They're not zombies. They're like... They eat um, flesh, and there's a bit where a guy rescues a baby from a car, and everyone thinks he's redeeming himself, and as he's running away, throws the baby in the air, so the monsters all jump on it. In oh the air. shit! Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah, yeah, there's a good film. But this what season film was that. <laughs> it's gonna bug me. That's gonna fucking that's gonna annoy me forever. Yeah, it came out a while ago. There was a it was a sequel. This one. Was Red ve- was it? Um, Dead Snow Two. No, 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 no. Because Dead Snow Two. Red or Dead. Yeah, have you seen yeah. it? No, 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 I don't Holy watch it. fuck, it's amazing. Fuck, no, I can't be one of those films. Zombie Nazis. Have no. you not? It's really good. There's a, there's a, okay, like, just to, just to, we'll talk about The Walking Dead in a second. We'll but in, in um, Dead Snow 2, yeah, we will, alright, it'll be fine. In Dead Snow 2, there's a scene at the beginning where he wakes up and he finds out he has this, like, super strong hand. Right. And because this is an American film, you're able to kill kids in... in the... Oh, yeah, cool. <laughs> and, uh, and there's this little kid who's, like, trying to force his way through the bars. And the guy's trying to give him a hand. And he doesn't realise he's on the second floor, so he pushes this kid and the kid goes flying and lands and dies. And I... You know, it's not funny. Child murder isn't funny. But it's... it. The kid is played to be really irritating. It's all done for comedic moments. And obviously, if you know it's a piece of fiction, you're not going to get upset if a kid dies because the kid's not really dead. <laughs> but he flies out the fucking window and it's just like this guy realising he has this power for the first time it's like if Spider-Man had a moment where he was like kissing Mary Jane and he accidentally crushed half her face <laughs> is it like is it as funny as the bit in Tim and Eric's billion dollar movie where he throws the kid as a bait to no, a rocket no, launcher do you want to know what's really weird and this is going to be a review for next year next next year and uh, this is going to be a review for the next podcast but, yeah. um, I saw a Merry Freaking Christmas lovely and you'll never guess who's in that hey. Tim Heidecker nice and it's got it's a Robbie Williams film, fronted by Robin Williams and um, Joan McHale. Oh, it's Joan just, McHale. There's an irritating person. He's not that bad. I like Joan McHale. I just didn't like the fact they got him for the video game awards. Yeah, pretty bad at it, wasn't it? It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. But that's not his fault. That's like it's like hiring. Like they could have got um Cal Penn. Yeah, he would have done it with a fucking without. I like a video game award show that isn't just a disguised excuse to show trailers. Remember when they used to give awards out of those things? No, no. It's always been advertised. Anyway, Walking Dead. Yeah, alright, go. It was a really good series so far. It's been nice and slow moving. It's, I like that they they gave you a bit of some characters for a while and then went off elsewhere for a bit. They had that nice little three episode period where it was three separate stories going on at the same time. They killed Bob. <laughs> no, it's fine. I'm liking it. It's not fine. I like Bob. <laughs> I preferred Bob to Bob. eaten. Bob. <laughs> His leg got eaten. Bad Bob. meat. Bob has... Bob had one of my favourite... Uh, last series was pretty hit or miss. Did you see season four? You saw season four. The second half of the series was really good. Yeah, the, right. the first part, when Bob was introduced, um, he was... The way that he avoided being eaten by a zombie was he hadn't bathed since the zombie apocalypse had happened. <laughs> he was getting drunk and wandering, so he just wandered through all these people. And like when he needs to sleep, he slept on top of trucks. But because he just yeah. stank like one of the fucking dead, he literally was just rotting in his own, his own clothes. Um, he just didn't get noticed. And as yeah. soon as he found the group, he was like, there are other people. Yeah. I feel better. This is in- instantly gratifying. I feel great. And, but then he still struggled with alcoholism. But it was yeah. in like a really nice little, like they got it cleared up in one show, like one episode, because it was just like, although alcoholism is a horrible disease and a lot of people suffer from it, if you're in a zombie apocalypse and it's either you have a drink or you survive, you're not going to pick a drink. <sighs> you got to survive. Yeah. There you go. So, um, yeah, it was just, he had a really nice arc. He was really good. Much like T-Dog. T Dog was T Dog had a gangster name. You're upset about T Dog dying, still, aren't you? I'm upset. I or okay. This isn't. This isn't. Uh, it isn't any more about just the characters because these are nice characters. These are good characters. This is more the fact that I like how blatantly they just replaced him <coughs> with the character that he was basically sitting in for. Yeah, yeah. like Ty, Tyrese, and then yeah. like Noah has come out of nowhere and replaces Bob. I'm assuming that's what's going to happen. Yeah, but Bob was a military trained. They can only have two men. black men in the show at a time. Oh, I just. It's insulting, isn't if it? If there's too many more of them, then um, Durl, Merle, Durl, Durl gets upset. When's Rick going to lose his hand? He's not going to. Because, I asked this before. Um, what's his face? He writes the comic. Robert Kirkman. Yeah. Um, he says cutting Rick's hand off was the dumbest thing he ever did in the whole comic. Why? Because he said he had to start thinking about 
every single panel what Rick's doing and whether or not he can do something. That's wanna... good. It means you're not writing shit on autopilot. <laughs> but yeah, um, they won't do that in the series. Imagine how much they have to do the green screen and removing and all that. They did it to a mural. They did it to mural. They gave him a big old yeah mean angel arm. Like he looked like one of the angel gang from freaking. They gave. They did it to Merle. Yeah, Merle and Daryl. Daryl. Yeah, <laughs> Merle and Daryl. But no, um, I really like this series. It's been really solid so far. Isn't what's his face coming back into it? Because there was um in the first episode in that series, off they blew up um sanctuary. Was it called or whatever it was? They saw um yeah. You um, see briefly. You see the guy from the first episode who was a bit crazy before. He's actually that actually happens in the comics. Yeah, but he's finding his way back. So yeah. I reckon that's going to be the next half of the series, and he's going to basically be following the trail of. Death they've left behind him. I'm hoping they're not going to turn him into a villain because I really no. like him in the comics. I think he's going to judge him because basically you see the shit they've done this whole. Yeah, but like, um, as opposed to the comics, because he was just a friendly character instantly. As soon as he saw Rick, yeah. he understood what Rick had gone through. He saw Rick had the son, and yeah. he was a contrast to Rick if Rick had lost. Yeah. What's Rick's son's name? Carl. 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 Yeah. Um, it was um, Rick was the contrast to him. And yeah. that was great because what you had there was he resented Rick just because Rick had succeeded yeah. in doing something that he had failed at. And Rick had broken all the rules that he had mm. set about. He had been awake the whole time of the zombie apocalypse and the rule was stay inside, stay quiet, stay safe. Yeah. And one of the nice things they did in the comics was one Christmas, um, they had a special three-page story, which is about the dad who is played by... I can't remember his name. He was in Blade. He's, he's been in loads of stuff. Bloke. Yeah, that guy. Um, Where's yeah. he snipes? <laughs> Danny John Jules. Um, but, um, but he, um, in the comic, there was a nice little story with him and his son. What was his son's name? Who cares? Maybe. Tim. Um, but I can't remember the name of his son. But anyway, they had a nice little story in which he had risked his life to get Game Boy batteries so a kid could play his video game. Mm. And that was his Christmas present was these batteries. And it was just a really nice, really small moment. And it was really well done. I, I yeah. really appreciated that. It, it just builds the characters for you. The comic has so much more opportunities to do that, though. Yeah, the comic's a different form. Yeah, completely different format. Yeah. Um, but I've, I've liked this series so far. I'm yeah. looking forward to the next half. Which is, is it February it starts again? All the yeah. series are having their mid-season breaks now, aren't they? Because Flash and Arrow's coming up. Have so you watched them, yeah? I'm, I'm watching them on Sky, so I'm like oh, a couple weeks behind. But no, this is uh, probably good. Yeah, yeah. Walking Dead. Like, what episode are you on with the Flash and the Arrow? Um, it's the one before the two part one. I've just had the one where it end, you know where our ends with Captain Boomerang turns up at the end of. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. So you haven't had uh, you've had Captain Cold. That was the episode before this episode. The Captain Cold one was like two weeks before, wasn't it? Oh, was it two weeks? Before? But um, he's back in the two part one, isn't he? No. The one that's between. Nope. Or is it the season finale? So he's back in it anyway. No, not not in this. In this, Flash, he is. Not in this half. He's in. Well, maybe it's the next. Year. I don't know. Yeah, but, it's but, series, but I've seen the, the ones leading up to this, both the arrows. No, I'm it's thinking I'm the week before the dub, the crossover episodes. We are in for a treat. Yeah. Doom for a treat. I can't wait. It's, but Walking Dead, yeah. That Felicity Finger. is an attractive lady. Yeah, she is. Everyone she knows that. She seems to be a nerd. Yeah. What's his sister? Fear. Fear. God damn it. I she love that woman. She used to eat woman. some cake. I love that woman. Anyway, what's your thing? She's an attractive lady. Walking Dead was good. Your My last thing. last review this week. Uh, all right, well, I've got to do a video game one, I guess. So I'm going to do Bastard. GTA 5. Shut up. <laughs> I'm going to have to dig up my old GTA 5 footage. No, it's fine. Um, I'm gonna, I can do some Twitch streaming and you can just take it from that if you want. No. Um, but GTA 5 on the Xbox One. Um, yeah. The the problem is, like, the, I think the tagline for, for this should just be um, Squint and you may as well be playing the original. It's no difference, really. Like it looks a little tidier, doesn't it? But it's, like, it's a little bit yeah. sharper. But that's also to a detriment. The 360 character... game wasn't ugly. No, it wasn't. It was a really nice really game. Yeah. Um, Especially compared to the GTA 4. First person. I know yeah. you can change the control stream, like scheme, but it's kind of a mess. Yeah, if, loads of people keep saying they're playing it like that, but I can't see how the no, controls. I'm finding it difficult. But um, but at the same time, you know, it, GTA 5 is a great game. Yeah. It's a big, it's a good accomplishment. It's a, it's something amazing. The story is always going to be the same issue that I have with the story on the original. Um, Trevor is the interesting character. Michael and what was the kid's name? I forgot his name. Yeah, I forgot his name as well. I just played it like yesterday. Um, but yeah. anyway, um, everybody just wants to play as Trevor. Yeah. No one wants to play as the other two because they're boring. Trevor is a hillbilly that is completely unrestrained. He can do whatever the fuck he wants, and that's what GTA is about. So when you put us in the shoes of someone who has to adhere to the laws of fucking society, it's no fun. It's not GTA. It's not Grand Theft Auto. It's Grand Theft sit in a chair and fucking think about your family life. You know, it's a bit irritating. They've but... all been like that, though, because Grand Theft Auto 4 annoyed the hell out of me with, them, with Nico. Grand Theft Auto 4 was just weird. I really didn't like it. Nico constantly going, I do not want to kill anything, and then he kills everything. Yeah. Like, I don't want to be involved in this, cousin. 
Yeah. That's probably really offensive. Big American tiki's. <laughs> so you'll fancy gold date now? <laughs> uh, that game was awkward. Yeah. Um, but um but it's still good. It's still a good game. GTA Online is the same fuddling mess. Like if you want to play it, you can play it a lot. Yeah, I didn't get on with it. If you don't, then you're probably still going to get on with it. I was happy just playing the single player and just messing around and finding all the weird hidden (coughs) stuff. Yeah. Flying under bridges. Yeah. I mean, Skydiving. The single player is still pretty solid, but just the multiplayer is just not there. Um, In a contrast, I played the Far Cry 4 multiplayer this month. Yeah. Or this week, I should say the last two weeks. Um, Far Cry 4 multiplayer is pretty gash. Um, One side has bows and arrows, the other side has machine guns and grenades and shit. And you fight. For oh. territory, I'm sure there's a deathmatch option as well, which is a little bit more, a little bit more open. But I spent 15 minutes waiting for a game. <laughs> I don't have time to wait 15 minutes per game. In contrast to something else I played on, that just shows you how pointless multiplayer modes can be on these yeah. things. Now that you're getting to a point where you can't even get they a game going a few weeks after release. But here's something interesting: um, Dragon Age Inquisition, which I reviewed last last podcast. Yeah, the online multiplayer is actually quite cool. Yeah, yeah. Like you basically, um, you. you Why has it got online multiplayer? I don't know. I don't know. But they've actually <laughs> had a little bit of a think about it. There is monetization because it is still. EA. It's an EA game, yeah. Yeah, they're no, not no. as bad as Ubisoft are right now, though, with their no. dual currency, the friggin' no. Kruby bucks or whatever it is in no. the crew. Yeah, no. all those chests in Assassin's Creed Unity you have to pay to unlock. And... No, um, but anyway, so um, yeah, Dragon Age. Holy fuck! You just basically you have five different, you have five levels. Hmm. You pick your class and you level up that class according to what you do and then you get loot and then you can use the loot on your person. If you complete the little mini game, you get 1,200 quid. If you don't, then you get whatever you got to that point that you lost or you died. Hmm. You have up to four people. You have Usually it's the same class system as you have in the main game, so two hand-to-hand and then two you know, long-range. Um, and yeah. it all works really nicely. I really enjoyed it. You know, yeah. I didn't expect to because as soon as I got into it, it asked me to buy platinum, which is the in-game currency. Before you even started the game? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Fuck that shit. And also... Um, they got to have all the money. <laughs> and also to buy stuff to make stuff, because crafting is quite a big element. Last time I talked about it, I said crafting was one of the things that kept me going back to the main story in Dragon Age Inquisition. Mm. Crafting is so difficult in the multiplayer because I'm assuming there's a fuck ton of grind before you can actually make anything. Yeah. So far I've made a fucking hilt. <laughs> so, oh, I can't wait to hit someone with that. Yeah. But um, but other than that, the game is enjoyable. If it was just if it, to be honest, if they had more levels, if they had more um, areas and more difficulties, well, it could sell be a them game to in you its later. Own. <laughs> yeah, it could be a game in its own, but it's you know. It's when not... you're talking about Grand Theft Auto, like <laughs> yeah, same game. Grand Theft Auto, flashier graphics. Yeah, Grand Theft Auto Five is fine. If you played it before, there's no. They're really... charging full price for it on yeah. Xbox. Yeah. Uh... I think yeah. I always think that's a bit rude. When it's I think that's been out fucking for a year. atrocious. If I'm it's, really honest, like, I think it's fucking atrocious. Um, for minimal extra work and just they try to justify yeah. it by saying that you've got all the add-ons from the other thing and you've got the they haven't really released stuff. much in the way of add-ons. Have they? It's all been yeah. online stuff and not yeah. everyone wants to play the online. There's no real single-player stuff. But um, no. I want Lost in the Dam style stuff. That's what I want. Lost in the Dam is probably the best thing out of Grand Theft Auto. No, the Battle of the Gay Tony. Yeah. It went mad. As soon as yeah. you got the Battle of the Gay Tony, you were like <laughs> Rocket Launcher. I like playing Sons of Anarchy, the game. Yeah. That's what Lost in the Dam was. But no. Wasn't there a dick shot, dick shot in the uh, first, the Lost and the Damned? Like the first so, yeah. 15 minutes, there was a dick yeah. shot. Yeah. The guy, yeah, he's talking to him, yeah. Yeah. But um, I mean, like, it's an okay game. I give it, like, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Some people really like Is that it. That's because we were talking about Tom Hanks earlier. Yeah, some people really like it. Some people don't get on with it. But, like, you can always name at least one thing you like about it. Yeah. Joe versus the Volcano. Oh, basically the whole of the 80s yeah the 80s and Tom the Hanks. end of the 70s Tom Hanks I and fucking love him I quite like Colin Hanks I think he's decent he needs to be in more stuff I'll tell you what yeah Orange County yeah Orange County's a massively underrated film, film. Yeah. Orange County 8 out of 10 yeah I, well I don't give Ivan Reitman Ivan Reitman yeah <laughs> um, Harold Ramis Harold Ramis let's um, give it a Harold Ramis out of 10 I, do you, like, have you played Destiny you haven't have you no Just I don't a quick, have a PS4 no. and Xbox One do I Oh, yeah. Don't no, it's on the luxury. Xbox 360 and PS3. Don't want playing a gimped version of a game. Yeah, fair enough. Um, I'm saying the... You know, in terms know. of the new content from Destiny, there's mm. I bought the season pass, you know, I bought the digital Guardian edition, it's like 90 quid. Um, in terms of the content they're actually releasing, um, they've nerfed exotic weapons. Yeah. And like... Don't worry I, about Destiny, man. It gets better when you get to level 20. Don't worry about when you I'm get to level 20. I'm level 26. you got to put like eight hours into it before it gets good. No, no, no. It gets good when the DLC yeah. comes out. No, not this DLC. The DLC that's coming next. That's when Destiny's going to get really good. I kind of like... <laughs> it's kind of like playing Halo if you can't mm. pick up other weapons. It's Halo, man. It's... Yeah. 
I keep playing it. Games are in a horrible state this year. They really are. I think all the best games have been little tiny indie games and That's little not true. Within. Evil Within. The Evil Within is a great yeah. game. If you because it's going to be like twenty quid in a week, yeah, so probably. you might as well play that. Just like Alien Isolation, it's a great game. Alien Isolation was good, yeah. It's just not got any replayability. But my so favourite games this past year have been stuff like Shovel Knight. And Holy fuck, Shovel Knight is great. Yeah, let's not talk about Shovel Knight. Again, I've already though, done Shovel Knight. We got angry about Shovel Knight last. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, like yeah, that's true. So you've given that whatever it was. <laughs> I can't remember what score you gave it. Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks. Wicked. I need to pee again. So do I. Really? You yeah. go first this time. Uh, Cross the streams, that... man. <laughs> <laughs> that was Chris Apocalypse. Episode, episode six. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Done. Hold on to your uh, your supple earlobes until next time when we'll seduce you. It'll be the words. end of the year. Holy fuck, people. Yeah. Welcome to the end of the year. 2014. Maybe 2015 won't be such a horrible friggin' mess. Don't move the mic. It makes it rumble. Well, there's someone... I thought there was something um, <laughs> Well, we'll get sexy with you next time. Bye.